Attempting to change the system takes perseverance and resilience. And that's exactly what these Missourians are made of. I'm Kate Bagley, and this is Year After Year, stories of Missourians fighting to change the system. In this episode, we explore what it took for state lawmakers to take a step toward ensuring protections for the LGBTQ community, a step 20 years in the making. Reporter Tessa Weinberg has the story. It was late one evening in the Missouri Capitol in May 2018. The halls were quiet. Most lawmakers and staff had locked their offices and went home for the night. But down in the basement, cheers and tears of joy erupted from a House hearing room. A historic hurdle for LGBTQ rights in Missouri had just been cleared. But outside, shouts of profanity echoed down the hall. This is crap. This is an injustice. Shame on those people, Representative Gary Cross, a Republican from Lee's summit, shouted outside. Ultimately, Cross didn't have anything to worry about. With the end of the legislative session only two days away, the bill was doomed. It would have given LGBTQ Missourians a means of recourse when facing discrimination in a state where it's still currently legal to be fired from your job or denied housing for being LGBTQ or even perceived to be. But to understand how the battle for increased protections for LGBTQ Missourians had failed again, we have to take a step back to understand the work that's been going on behind the scenes for 21 years. Let's go back. To 1998. That was the first year a bill adding sexual orientation to the Missouri Non-Discrimination Act, or MONA, was introduced. What were its chances? Well, as Representative Steve McLucky, a Kansas City Democrat, told Missouri Digital News, quote, Usually, sponsors hate to say this, but I can say with certainty it has no chance to pass. Missouri Human Rights Statute currently protects you on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. the things that isn't in that is sexual orientation and gender identity. Uh, so therefore, it's still perfectly perfectly legal in the state of Missouri, and frankly, still perfectly legal uh, based on federal law to discriminate against uh, people because they are or you think they might be LGBT. Um, so you could fire someone from their job, you could kick someone out of an apartment, or deny them you know, food at a restaurant uh, simply because you think they might be gay or lesbian. That's Representative Greg Razor, a Democrat from Kansas City. There has been some progress elsewhere. In 2015, the Supreme Court ruled that same-sex marriage is legal, and 21 states and the District of Columbia have prohibited discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. Missouri has yet to take that step, but not for lack of trying. Um, It'll be the 21st consecutive year that this bill has been filed. Uh, I am one of or will be one of only three openly LGBT members of the House. Razor grew up in Cooter, Missouri, a town of 430 people in the boot heel. He didn't come out as gay until he was 20 and in college. Growing up, he knew how it felt not to fit in. being Being a kid that grew up in a town of 400 people on a cotton farm, uh, being closeted, being scared, coming out during my time at Mizzou, uh, you know, I can, I can relate to those kids. Razor isn't the only one who has a personal connection to the bill. Mona has bipartisan support and was also sponsored last session by Representative Tom Hannigan, a Republican from St. Charles. 
Last session, Hannigan and Razor were the only two openly gay members in the Missouri General Assembly. Um, well, basically, being um, openly gay um, is near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, I think I have a vested interest in this. This has been a long time in the running, and so um, I have a platform, and um, I think I just it's a great opportunity. It's time to do it. So um, I have a vested interest as well as, you know, I think it's good for Missouri to move it in the right direction. That was Representative Hannigan discussing Mona in January 2017. Hannigan, who also came out in college, said he's seen progress in Missouri over the years. Uh, My hometown, for example, which is St. Charles, kind of small, conservative. They just hosted uh, last year um, a Pride Festival, which, you know, who would have thought in my hometown of St. Charles that they would have a Pride Festival down on our riverfront, on our main street. But despite changing attitudes toward LGBTQ people, some Missourians still would like to see Mona made law. Here's Peter C., a father who traveled to the Capitol from St. Louis to testify before lawmakers in May of 2018 in support of Mona. Um, three years ago, we found out our oldest child is uh, not going to conform with the gender assigned at birth. Um, it's created great concern in our own family. Uh, this was going to be our first experience with uh, a transgender individual. And it was in our I'm looking for support for this bill because I want my child to see this state the same way I do, as a home. A home, a place to start businesses, a place to contribute. And I want them to see that they have a place here and it's acceptable. And here's Kathy Serena at the same committee hearing. Good evening. My name is Kathy Serena. I'm a transgender veteran from Jefferson City. Um, I'm here in support of these bills. Over the last eight years, um, I've been discriminated here in Central Missouri, basically in every aspect of my life, more times than I can count. As a transgender person, you know, we're not looking for anything extra. We just want to be treated the same as everybody else in this room. No less, no more. Despite Mona's bipartisan support, it still faced hurdles in the 2018 session. Representative Mike Stevens, a Bolivar Republican, had sponsored a version of Mona that was nearly identical to Razor and Hannigan's bills, except that it excluded protections for gender identity, which meant that only people with sexual orientations, such as being gay, lesbian, and bisexual, would be protected, while transgender Missourians would not. Lawmakers like Razor and Hannigan vowed they wouldn't vote for a bill that wasn't all-inclusive. Here's Hannigan. Um, my stance on it is, is that I think we have to be inclusive of everybody. I, you know, when you're talking about a dis- uh, non-discrimination bill and then you say, well, we're going to leave this group out or we're not going to include these people, I just think that sends the wrong message. Um, so I think if you're going to do it, you need to be all-inclusive or why bother kind of thing. The bill was later withdrawn, but adding protections for LGBTQ Missourians still faced opposition from other lawmakers, like Senator Ed Emery, a Republican from Lamar. Emory had sponsored bills in the past that would require students to use bathrooms that correspond with their assigned gender at birth. In last session, Emory said he felt being gay is a choice and not genetic. Here's Emory. I don't see um, genetic differences the same as behavioral differences. That's basically the bottom line. Razor and Hannigan not only had differences in opinion to fight against, but also the looming end of the session. 
Ruzier and Hannigan had both filed their bills early in the session, but their bills weren't able to progress to the next step in the legislative process until they were assigned to a committee. A month into the four-month session, the bills had yet to be assigned to one. Here's Razor on the House floor in late February 2018. What I need to focus on is my bill in the House. Uh, Speaker Richardson has yet to even refer it to a committee. Uh, this is the 20th year. We have got to get more balance in this building. Uh, the extreme right of the Republican Party uh, is controlling the agenda. Um, even the moderates in their party, the few that are left, have a hard time getting anything done. Uh, so I feel like if we put this bill on the floor this year, it would pass. Uh, the problem is getting it through the process. Will the speaker assign it to a committee? Will that committee person bring it up? for debate. If they bring it up for debate, will they put their members in the awkward position of having to vote on a bill that says, eh, you can't fire somebody for being gay. Again, this isn't wildly controversial. Uh, this is just human decency. It wasn't until four months later, when Razor and Hannigan's bills were assigned to a committee in May, a little over a week before the end of the legislative session, that a hearing was held. And there, the bills faced even more opposition. Committee hearings are one of the first steps for bills to move forward in the legislative process. It's there that bill sponsors can present their bills and that lobbyists and the public can testify in support or against legislation before lawmakers who ask questions and debate the merits of the bill. At the committee hearing on May 9, 2018, Missourians like Peter C. and Kathy Serena, who you heard from earlier, shared their support. But some Republican lawmakers expressed opposition they questioned whether Mona contained clear enough language to allow for religious freedom exemptions. And some said they were concerned that giving LGBTQ Missourians a means of recourse when facing discrimination would lead to frivolous lawsuits. Who is to determine what unfair means? And when That's Representative Nick Schroer, a Republican from O'Fallon. We want to, if I can wait for the wand and, and get discrimination out of the workforce, out of all of these situations, I would. Um, but as a the general counsel of several small businesses across this state, I do have a vested interest in, in making sure that this isn't going to promote in any way um, frivolous lawsuits. And previous underlying the debate was a promise made in 2017 that Hannigan and Razor hoped the committee members would honor. Here's Hannigan at the start of the committee hearing. I want to say thank you, first of all, for having this uh, session. I know we're getting down to the wire and everything. If you remember last year, Representative Engler actually kind of made a, a deal uh, uh, with leadership, basically saying that Mona would be brought up to the floor. So Hannigan is referring to Representative Kevin Engler, a Republican from Farmington and a past sponsor of Mona. In 2017, Engler added Mona as an amendment to a separate bill. But over the course of more than an hour of debate on the House floor, he withdrew the very amendment he had proposed. Here's Angler. I would like it debated on the floor on its own merits, and I would like it voted on. Not as an amendment, but as its own bill. House leadership had pledged that Mona would make it out of committee and get heard on the floor in 2018. Acting on that promise, Angler made a choice. With that, Mr. Speaker, I withdraw my amendment. 
Angler's hope was to build momentum and get Mona out of committee and at least voted on the floor in 2018. But when so many members sided with shooting Mona down as an amendment, Angler felt his chances were doomed. As Angler put it, it's tough to justify supporting and opposing the same issue in less than a year when you're a lawmaker. Here's Angler last session, reflecting on the choice he made in 2017. So therefore, to get it voted off the floor would have been almost impossible, in my opinion, once everybody voted no. Even though a promise had been made, with only two days left in the session in 2018, it was unlikely Mona would become law. Even if Mona were to make it out of committee, Razor doubted the whole body would get a chance to vote on it. I think if it gets out of committee, then it also has to go through rules committee. Uh, If it gets out of rules committee, then it has to get on the calendar. If it gets on the calendar, then they have to, you know, it's the floor leader who has to bring it up. There are, what, almost exactly two days, an hour and a half left uh, before session ends. So that's a lot that has to happen for them to keep the promise that they made uh, to me and two of their fellow Republicans last year. Uh, Over the course of the session, Razor and Hannigan had made concessions, agreeing on narrower definitions for sexual orientation, gender identity, and discrimination in response to some lawmakers' concerns. Now, they felt it was up to leadership to uphold their end. You know, we've lived up to our end of the deal. Uh, and this place, this is a place where your word is your bond. Uh, and if I can't trust your word, then I have a hard time trusting anything. Uh, so I held up to my end of the bargain. We have two and a half days. We'll see if they can get it to the floor. Later that Wednesday night, on May 16th, 2018, the bill moved a step closer to fulfilling that promise. That's the sound of Mona getting passed out of a House committee for the first time ever, and only the second time it had ever been voted out of a Missouri General Assembly committee. The first time was in 2013, when the Senate eventually passed a version of Mona sponsored by Senator Jolie Justice, Missouri's first openly gay senator. That year, it died in the House, but it was still a historic step. And so was Mona getting passed out of a House committee with a 6-0 to zero vote. Uh, Here's Razor right there after. There was lots of hugs and, and tears of joy. Uh, it's been a long, hard fight, uh, but this is one step. Is one but despite step. the effort, the vote was still mostly a symbolic one. With the end of the session only two days away, it was nearly impossible for the bill to reach the governor's desk. But Razor was still optimistic. One step. This is one step to get it through a long, hard process. We have two days uh, to try to move it onto the House floor. I hope we can. If it doesn't get all the way through and if whoever's governor doesn't sign it, then we'll be back here next year. And now we've set the precedent that this is a bill that gets through committee. Uh, And next year we will keep working on it. We've worked for 20 years. We're not going to stop now. But even for a symbolic victory, rules were bent to overcome the opposition Mona faced. Here's Razor in December 2018, reflecting on the work it took to get Mona that far. It took uh, kind of behind the scenes. It took a lot of work to get the hearing. It took a lot of work to get a vote. You know, there were lots of, of those members who didn't show up to committee who were asking us, you know, don't take a vote this year. We'll do it next year. Or, hey, you want to pull this. I'm with you. But I've heard that this other person is not. And so you're going to 
lose, and you don't want to lose in committee. So pulled a bit. I mean, just for days trying to convince us not to not to bring this to a vote. Uh, we held our ground. Um, when the know, time for the vote came, that late that Wednesday night in May, only two of the Republican members showed up, Committee Chair Robert Cornejo and Representative Gene Evans. One unusual face was House Minority Leader Gail McCann-Beatty. She doesn't serve on the committee, but was present to give it a quorum, which allowed a vote, even though a handful of Republican members were missing. That particular, that particular night, I mean, I know there is that argument of, oh, we were all on our way down and you took the vote too early. Well, we sat there for, I mean, you were there. We probably sat there for 15 minutes waiting. We had a couple of members who actually left the committee, went to another committee, took a vote, and then came back to the hearing room and waited. Uh, and finally, it was like, well, you know, we have to move on. Here's Razor, right after the vote, defending their procedure. This is exactly how this should have gone down as far as uh, discussion on the issue and questions. What's there to discuss? What is there to question? We just passed a bill out of committee that says, you know what, maybe it's not a great idea to fire someone from their job because they're gay. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty simple concept, and this committee shows it. Was pretty- but others, such as Representative Cross, who shouted, this is crap, in the hall when he learned what happened, weren't as pleased. Representative Schroer said he was just coming down the elevator when he found out the vote had already occurred. And Representative Jared Taylor, a Republican from Nixa, said Republican members had been on their way and argued that lawmakers had chosen not to wait for them. Here's Taylor from that night. Um, I texted the chairman and let him know that I was coming down to the the committee. Uh, I wanted to have the opportunity to speak on it uh, and and give, you know, my thoughts and and possible amendments on there. Uh, Text the chair, uh, and it was, proper procedure was ignored. Mm -hmm. It's very frustrating. Mm -hmm. The vote had been scheduled for immediately upon adjournment of the full House. Razor argued that the vote was a routine one that everybody knew about. Here's Razor looking back on the historic vote. Um, the day of the hearing, uh, there were a handful, I'm thinking five Republican legislators who didn't show up uh, for the, the hearing. My guess was they thought that would be enough to not have a quorum in committee to just postpone the vote. Uh, to me, that signals that they know it's the right thing to do, but don't want to take that vote. But despite the deals and workarounds that went into getting Mona out of committee last session, Razor will still be trying to get it passed once again in 2019. It's heartwarming. It's frustrating. Uh, I'm, I'm proud that it's something that we've never given up on. Uh, we, we keep working on it year after year. And year after year, we're getting closer. While the bill's not passing, it's still making progress through the system. While history has proven otherwise, Razor is hopeful that when he proposes the bill in 2019, it'll move forward in its 21st year. Now, there'll be not just two, but three openly LGBTQ members in the House, with Ian Mackey, a Democrat from St. Louis, winning his election. And if Mona were to make it to Governor Mike Parson's desk, Razor is hopeful Parson would sign it into law, especially because when he was a senator, Parson voted to pass Mona out of the Senate in 2013. If Mona passed, not only would the decades-long battle be over, but Razor hopes it would send a message to LGBTQ Missourians. That are out there, and it's hard for kids anywhere. I mean, don't misunderstand me. Whether you're in in Cooter, Missouri, where I grew up, in Columbia, or here in Kansas City, but there's something about those rural communities that I think it's especially hard. I mean, there are literally kids out there 
who are suicidal, who are killing themselves over this. Um, and it would send a strong message, uh, particularly to those kids. Razor said he hopes Missourians reach out to their representatives and support Amona to help speed along the process. Uh, it would mean a lot to me personally uh, to get this done. Uh, but more importantly, it would mean a lot to, to thousands and thousands of LGBT Missourians and our family and friends across the state. I mean, it, it would be a, it'd be a great day. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the other episodes in this series. We have stories on one woman's quest to curb neglect and abuse at nursing homes, and on university students working to get their peers' mental health needs covered. You can find all the podcasts at columbiamissourian.com, including a list of sources for each one. This episode was reported by Tessa Weinberg and produced and edited by me, Kate Bagley. Sky Chatty is our supervising editor. Year After Year is a co-production of the Columbia Missourian and KBIA. From Columbia, Missouri, I'm Kate Bagley.